Holdovers is over, but here on Post Show Recaps Theater, we are just getting started. My name is Grace, but of course, I'm not alone. I'm here at the university over Christmas time with my friend Ariel, also a holdover. Ariel, how are you doing? I'm doing good. This this eye, the one that I'm pointing oh, yeah? to, is the one that you should look at. Just just remember that while we're podcasting. I think you're supposed to. You never supposed to. I never know which one to look at. You always tell me. Well, I never. I'll never tell. Uh, That's how. <laughs> I'll never tell. That's uh, what I want you to think. And this is the uh, twist. Oh, so I'm actually going to look at the wrong one, and then you're going to accuse me of being disrespectful. Got it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stop yeah. the pod and be like, "Wow, you you really just messed the whole thing up." Yeah. So we're talking about the holdovers, which is the Paul Giamatti uh, drama, a drama, drama, a drama. It's a drama. <laughs> Isn't um, that what you call drama in Canada? Yeah, that's a, dra- that's a drama. You know, yeah, you hey. know, hey, we, uh, that's a good drama. That was a good drama there. No. All right. Um, uh, directed by Alexander Payne. Um, also has a uh, divine uh, Joy Randolph and uh, I think a debut feature for Dominic Sessa, who plays uh uh, the greatly named Angus Tully. Um, this movie is, I, I liked it a lot. I, uh, we'll, we'll get into it as, as we do. Um, make sure to subscribe, post recaps.com slash movies. As we talk about all the movies, this movie is not making a ton of money at the box office, but I don't think that's what it's going for. This is a full on like awards, um, bid here. And this is, I think, um, it's a movie set in 1970, but also is designed to look like it was filmed in 1970. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, you know, this movie, I think, appeals to probably an older audience, even though uh, you and I really loved it. Oh, my God. Are we old? Is that what's happening? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. First of all, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. the movie is getting a fair amount of, like, I think, I think critical buzz, even if it's not, like, storming the box office. There's a lot of competition out at the moment. And this is one that I think, like, this is the type of thing that I think is hard to get, like, young people to go out to a movie for because it's a very much like a character centered drama. Um, but nevertheless, I think it's very good. And I think it has a, a huge chance of being uh, quite a, a bit of an Oscar, uh, a breakout. Um, so in terms of, I think the movie being nominated for best picture, Alexander Payne for best director, Paul Giamatti uh, for lead divine joy Randolph. I could certainly see a supporting role. So I think it's, I think it could be up for a lot of awards come award season. So I think this is one that we both really like. So I wanted to make sure we cover it here on Push Recaps Theater. What'd you make yeah, of that, Ariel? Yeah. This was uh I was smiling like an idiot. It it feels like uh like a warm hug. I you know, this movie had been on my radar and I was just kind of like, yeah, it's not a movie that you feel that I felt at least like I needed to rush out to see, but I did want to see it. Uh both you and a uh, a coworker of mine who whose film interests lie in like similar places you know the things he enjoys i i tend to enjoy and he was like really really effusive about it and i i was like oh damn i think i have to see this movie and i was not disappointed it's it i i think i messaged you right after i got out of the movie like they don't make them like this anymore with like a cry face yes it's very sweet it's so it's so sure of itself and there's nothing you know the writing is great the acting is great it's so it's so you know precisely paced and it's it's incredibly well executed and while also managing to be very emotional and and just lovely 
honestly. And and I had a I had a great time watching it. And the movie was not too long, as I you know, it's mm. the thing we've always it was over two hours. It's over two hours, and it was it was perfect. Like I, I remember at the end, I was like, no, it's gonna end soon. I don't want it to end soon. I'm not ready. Like, I want more, more, more with these characters. Yeah, it I think that the movie does hold this line of being uh, has some dark themes, but obvious, but having sort of this optimistic uh, viewpoint about uh, how being kind to people can can like sort of persevere and and uh, be be worth it. And so I do think that the reason I think that this movie will have I think this movie has a chance to be nominated. I think the performances have a stronger shot of winning over the actual movie. And the reason I say that yeah. is that I do think like, so for example, do you want to take a drink, Ariel? I'm going to mention Tiff. This movie, this is where I saw it, but uh, it did not win the people's choice. Uh, in fact, uh, American fiction won, which I think American fiction is also a really good movie. American fiction has such a stronger, I think, take on, the modern times like it's much more topical i think than than this movie and so to that degree i think that this movie will be nominated but i think there'll be a pretty like i, I could see actually this movie getting a lot of backlash actually if it wins uh, a best picture because although i think it's lovely and charming and the performances are great i love the soundtrack of this thing there's so, so much of this movie that i love i don't know that it says like you know, but it's specifically trying not to be modern. It's specifically trying to be a movie from the 1970s, both in the t the period it's set and also the way it's filmed and written. There's the trailer where, it like, you know, the the end pauses on this Paul Giamatti freeze frame, like you would have seen a trailer do in the 1970s. So it's very intentional in that way um but i i do like it and it's it's very uplifting in a way that i think will resonate with with oscar voters like you look back at like coda winning and i think that yeah. there's a reason that like there are these like movies that i really love that i don't necessarily think can like break through because i think ultimately at the end of the day i think a lot of the oscars want to end normally on a movie that's like very uh, uplifting and like mm -hmm. uh, has a positive message as opposed to some of these like darker themed uh, um, uh, movies. So that's mm -hmm. where I think this has a good shot of like being nominated and, and the performances certainly, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. And it, I'm so surprised that you said it wasn't too long. Cause I think even though I did like the movie, it is, it is two, two hours, 10 minutes, I think one thirty. I think it's the runtime. Second of all, how dare you? This movie. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. No, I just, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about, uh, you know, whether it's a three hour movie, whether it's an hour and a half, I talk about this all the time, you know, the pacing and the, the, the need, like, is every moment, does every moment feel like it's enriching the experience in some way? Right. And for the most part, I felt like this was, this was yeah. doing that. My heart cannot tell lies, Grace. Yeah, sure. I think this is also, you could put this in as like a pretty good holiday movie moving forward. Uh, certainly, obviously, the idea of the holdovers is that um, Dominic Sessa, Angus, uh, is uh, left to stay uh, under the the watch of Paul Giamatti's character over the Christmas mm -hmm. break. And so I certainly think that there is very Christmassy, this movie. So they could, Yeah, uh, very, very Harry Potter of him, Angus, yes. having to yes. stay at school. He doesn't have the Weasleys to go home to or to go yeah. home with yeah um and yeah very topical for this for this time of year if you want to yeah. get a if you want to get a you know a tease a preview of what the holiday break might be like mm. this could be it for you 
Yeah, there we go. All right, let's spill the PSRT then. Let me recap the movie and then we'll we'll chat about it. So as I said, the movie set in December of 1970 and we have Paul Hunnam, who is a, a strict classics teacher at the Barton Academy. And he has chosen to stay at the school during the holidays to look after the quote unquote holdover students, folks who don't have anywhere to go during the holidays. And one of those boys is Angus Tully. And he is among the holdovers left behind as his mother has gone on a honeymoon with her new husband, even though she had promised Angus that he could come home, they will be away on vacation. We also have Mary Lamb, played by uh, Divine Joy Randolph, who is the cafeteria administrator, um, who is also staying at Barton. Um, she did have a, a son, but um, that son, uh, he was in the military and died during the Vietnam War. So she's sort of grieving him as well. We see Paul uh, is drinking a fair bit. Um, he drinks sort of both privately and um, hangs out with Mary. And... Uh, Paul initially sort of imposes like pretty strict academic rule over these students. Like they're actually going to spend this time like doing extra reading and whatnot, which they are not fond of. Um, but uh, one of Angus's classmates, uh, his parents offer to take all the holdovers on a ski trip and they all get to go except for Angus, whose mother is not picking up her calls. Um, they are going on some kind of excursion, maybe. Yeah, and yeah, it's so sad when Angus is like, please let me go on the cool helicopter and go skiing. And mm. he's like, I'm so sorry, but your mom won't answer the phone. So no, it's so sad. Uh, Angus starts like rebelling. You know, he's pretty upset with this idea that like he's the only student left. He's sort of in like a chase scene where like Paul is trying to like sort of, you know, uh, scold him. He runs away and he ends up uh, uh, dislocating his shoulder uh, as he like jumps <laughs> off a trampoline. Uh, this is yeah, uh, his Rubicon is moment. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> this is your Rubicon. This yeah. is your uh, Stephanie from the first episode of Heroes versus Villains yeah, that's moment right. for, for Angus. That's right. Um, on Christmas Eve, they're invited to a holiday party. Uh, it does seem like there's potential interest between the woman who uh, invites Paul to the party uh, and her. But as soon as uh, they're at the party, they're going to learn that uh, she has a boyfriend. And... Um, there's some tension between Angus and, and Paul. Um, uh, Angus will tell Paul that his father is in fact dead. Um, and um, there's a moment where Paul, I think it's in the trailer and it's really good where Paul tells Angus, like, I don't want to spend time. Like what, what you think I want to spend time with you over the holidays. And uh, to which like Mary is like, what the hell are you doing? That boy like lost his father. Like, you get to tell him you don't want to spend time with him? Like, you fool. He's like, it's really good. I could be reading so many books yeah, in this right. time if I didn't have to look after you. Yeah. So on Christmas morning, Paul arranges for there to be a celebration with gifts and uh, and things. And later he agrees to take Angus on a trip to Boston. They're going to head into the city. Um, they bond over various activities. They kind of both talk about how both of them are sort of like disliked by other people, um, uh, uh, etc. And Paul reveals that he was fired from Harvard when a legacy donor accused him of plagiarism. They decide to go to a movie, but Angus sneaks out. And when Paul chases after him, Angus says, I want to go see my father. Assuming they're going to a cemetery, it's then revealed yeah. that his father's actually in what's called like a sanatorium or like a mental health institute. Um, his father has a panic attack and the visit does not go well. And we'll learn later that Paul's, or, or sorry, Angus's father attacked a staff worker with a snow globe um, that he gave, uh, he was given 
by Angus. Um, Angus reveals he's worried about becoming like his father, but Paul comforts him and tells him he's smarter than that and will have a successful life. Um, when everyone returns to Barton after the holidays, Angus's mother and stepfather also arrive, revealing the snow globe incident. Paul takes uh -oh. the blame for the Boston trip and is fired from his teaching position, whereas while Angus is allowed to stay at Barton and they share a touching goodbye, um, as Paul leaves the school, he takes a drink from a bottle of uh, cognac that he stole from the, uh, the dean or the headmaster, but he ultimately decides not to drink it um, and drive away. Um, and that's The Holdovers, a, a charming little film. I love it. Yeah. And I love the idea. I didn't think about it till now. Like Angus, you, you mentioned the snow globe. Angus steals that snow globe from uh, Miss Lydia's oh, Christmas yeah. party. I mean, yeah. I guess it's entirely possible that off camera he asked if he could take it, but I don't really no, think, I don't think you know, based yeah. on what we know about him, that doesn't seem yeah. likely. Yeah. And the idea that this is yet another parallel between the Paul professor character and Angus's character, that they're alike in so many ways and that they both stole something from, from, uh, from a place um but yeah hopefully that i thought i actually thought he was gonna end up giving that to mary the yeah the bottle but yeah. you know it, he needed to get something out of his out of his tenure it's very it's very i was very sad watching him drive away you know for a lot of reasons because of the angus of it all and their connection but i just wondered like what is he gonna do now i'm so worried for him yeah, it as much as the movie does have an uplifting tone, there is this like sadness kind of to it all, like the idea that can Agnes uh, Angus sort of even like sort of get his stuff together to be able to not get expelled from from <laughs> the school. Um, Paul drives off seemingly like having to look for another job, and and Mary's left um, there. At least at least Angus has Mary. There's a really again they put a lot in the trailer. Um, I do think that the movie adds a lot of context to these scenes um, that I think it's 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 mostly fine. But the scene where Paul is being is talking to Angus's parents, uh, to his mm -hmm. mom and stepmom, and Angus gets like brought there to wait outside and mary's also there and yeah. when he just like slowly moves his hand over and holds mary's hand while they're waiting yeah. outside while paul is being reprimanded and so she good. she put her hand out first and like it's, right. she, we've seen she's her like so it's many here times. if you want it basically yeah and so many times she's there to support and she's you know you already mentioned that she's giving uh professor paul professor hanum like grief about some of the ways that he treats angus yeah. and some of the other kids like jesus christ this is a child and also it's the holidays you need to yeah. like extend some uh kindness to these to these kids or you know especially angus once he gets left by himself he's literally the only one um it's so lovely to see mary be that voice of reason frankly and you know full credit to uh divine joy randolph somebody who we loved in a show that wasn't that good the idol that you and i yeah. covered yeah. um and it's so lovely to see her in this and doing something you know that's worthwhile or that's uh you know becoming of her acting talents and she's you know she's probably my favorite character i mean it's like between oh, her and angus but like her so much emotion you know so much nonverbal acting she gets to you know she lost her son like you mentioned and this this is the first to the point of how she wants paul to be kind to these students this is like her first christmas i believe without her yeah. son yeah i think so. um so it's like looming very large for her and she's still working at the school that her son went to and she's right. surrounded by kids who are you know either her son's age or very close to her son's age so i just thought that that role 
um, that performance for sure. And the right, I mean, the writing across the board for the movie is, is really good, but, um, for Mary's character, especially it's, it's, uh, it was a joy. It was joy to behold like her yeah. middle name. A divine joy Randolph. Yeah. Uh, written by David Hemmingsum. This, this movie is so not written by, uh, Payne, but, uh, uh, yeah, I know. I totally agree. I think she is. Yeah. For me, I think, I think her and Angus, like it's almost like Paul Giamatti, although he's, I think kind of underrated, there's still a level, you know, you kind of know what he's to a degree, what he's going to bring to a role. And I think like, he sort of yeah. like, is like, yeah, this dude can absolutely lead a, a, a movie. Uh, so mm-hmm. even though he's underrated, there's still something about these other two performances. Dominic Sessa, this is his first performance ever, I believe. I think they um, had done a ton of auditions to try and find um, uh, the right the right person for this role, and this is yeah. his first um, like major acting role. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. I I mean, yeah, the trio of them, right? I think just like work pretty perfectly together in the sense that Angus is. I kind of love I, I love the his character in terms of he's you know he he there's a there's a really great scene again it's also used in the trailer which is a bit annoying but the scene where um Paul is handing out all the grades on the last mm-hmm. test and it's a really good interact the one kid who's like the super like bratty bro kid who's like mm-hmm. he's like sir i can't fail this class he's like oh i'll go trailers like i certainly believe you can i believe you can. yeah and he's like i don't understand he's like that much is very apparent like he just keeps <laughs> him with, like, he's like he's like a double here. dunk on him yeah but angus gets like a good grade so clearly he like can understand the material and he knows well mm. but he also does have this angstiness to him i think mostly in part because like his dad is not in the picture and his mom seemingly is like tr- like a part of i think what we get later or at least in one of the phone calls is like you know she's trying to sort of like build this new life with this new this new man and actively choosing not to keep angus a part of it because it almost like it brings her too much like it, it's too sad to think about like the failure of her last relationship and that yeah. only serves to reinforce the point that angus thinks like well i must be like my father like i'm i I have to turn out like my father because that's basically that's what my mother thinks right like if she doesn't want me around why would she not want me around it must be because i'm too much like my father and so all of that sort of like within him but it it, it's you know the gradual progression from it being you know him running around the school like yelling and paul Mm -hmm. dislocating his shoulder to these like you know and the moment where they i I love the moment when they go to the museum and Mm -hmm. uh they're showing a piece of architect or like a like a plate and it has like basically like two people having sex on it and he's Mm -hmm. like he's like well if you showed us this stuff i would be way more interested in your class but they have this (laughs) moment of like kind of like both being like you know that we both like get on each other's nerves and like other people's nerves right like like yeah people like basically don't like you he tells the further which is like kind of the same can be said about him that like yeah, you see yeah him yeah. at the beginning getting in these like arguments and these and some of these spats right so them sort of having this moment where they both like acknowledge who they are and then starting to like crack through that shell it's it's a it's like it's such a it's it's a really well-told story i think yeah for sure and i you know i agree with the with the dominic sessa you know stuff he plays angus and he it reminded me of like um you know either stranger things or you know when you see a young person that you've never seen before in anything and they are so clearly 
really good at this. Like this is a really good actor who is carrying the role and there's this freedom in being an unknown person. There's this freedom in like fully inhabiting the role. Like you don't see the actor acting the way you would with like Paul Giamatti and not to say that he's not a good actor, but like there's less uh, space in your brain for thinking about the actor and more you're like, I'm meeting this person for the first time in a way. Um, and the way, you know, you mentioned the trio and I think it's a really good twist kind of a small, a small lowercase T twist that the movie pulls off of like, you think that the holdovers are going to be all of these kids. And then like you said, the other kids get invited to this trip and then they're kind of out of the picture for the majority of the movie. Um, and it becomes this, the story of this trio and how they're the holdovers. Cause at first I was like, well, isn't there just one holdover? And I'm like, ah, no, the holdovers are yeah. also the adults. Uh -huh, um, uh -huh. It's it's lovely. And again, the way we keep talking about different manners in which Paul and Angus reflect each other back at each other and like give each other more context and understanding for how they one, how they're perceived in the world, but two, how they could possibly be perceived differently. Like they give each other hope and they give each other guidance and advice on how to be like less like an asshole basically i think like the simplest simplest ways and it's it's done in a very touching way and it's really earned like at the beginning they kind of you can see that they there could be middle ground there could be an understanding but like there's so much that both of them have up as far as like walls and stuff and then as as the movie goes on like the scene you said is a really good example of the museum and like they're starting to understand each other in a different way and um to go from how they start to you know the paul literally taking the blame for and you know it's coming and it's so heartbreaking to watch of like he's gonna he has his career in one hand and we know how hard fought it was for him to even have this career that he isn't even all that proud of because you know his friend who we meet is is a teacher is a i want to talk about that scene I, I like that scene too i want to talk about that in a bit yeah and um yeah, for them for them to go all, to make it all the way and f have it feel really earned and really authentic for Paul to make that decision of like, okay, I will, if I never did anything else for my students, I will sacrifice literally my entire career, at least this version of it, for this one kid who I have a lot of faith in who has proven himself to me and who frankly deserves it and clearly doesn't have anyone fighting for him in his corner. Yeah. And I could be that person and it comes at tremendous cost and it's so damn sweet. Yeah. I cried. Yeah. Spoiler alert. You know, one. I well, <laughs> the scene, I, I think the other thing too, is like, I think that, um, Angus can read, I think they both can read each other very well. Right. And, and, mm -hmm. um, the big difference is, is, you know, for, uh, Paul, he can read Angus, but he also doesn't have quite the tact to, although he can understand why this boy might be like this, mm -hmm. um, although he'll learn like more about his father, but he knows like, you know, that his mother is choosing not to come and not answering the phone. And so I like that Mary's there to sort of like, be like, you, you fool, like you idiot. And just to teach mm -hmm. him. But, and then, and then we also get like, as he's being prodded by Mary, then as he starts to realize like, oh, it's more than just his mom. Like there's also a whole thing with his father of like, yeah. he thought he was dead. And then it turns out he's like, he had like a mental breakdown and he's in a sanatorium. On the flip side of that, you have, I think Angus can read Paul really well, but he doesn't know why Paul is such a jerk. He has, he has no understanding of why right. he, this is just like a mean old man. Right. 
And until I think the scene where Paul gets confronted by this teacher uh, this who's still at Harvard. And he's like, oh, what are you doing now? And he's like, oh, I wrote a book. And then I think, it is it Angus? Like he's writing a book? I can't remember the exact way, but it's very funny of the way yeah. they kind of get like stuck in this, like, oh, this is my nephew and I'm writing a book and, you know, uh, the, about architecture, I think, or something, you know. Yeah, but no, about the um the magic of of cameras, like proto-cameras, oh, right. <laughs> <Right>. the <laughs> magic of light. It, it kind of sounds like uh, Industrial Light and Magic, the title he puts right. on it but um right. yeah paul has meets this uh the, yeah. his, his his old like schoolmate when they were right. both at at right. harvard and paul right. ended up he didn't even finish school which is crazy to angus and crazy in a way for us to right. to realize that he got kicked out of school for getting accused of doing something he didn't do which is ironic now thinking about the way he protects angus from getting kicked out of school he's like right. actually writing the wrong of right. his own life Right. Of like he, you know, he was he was accused of something he didn't do, and now Angus is basically going to be accused of something he did do, but he could make a difference. That's not so his fault, also. Right. Interesting. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, what's interesting to me too is I think that if because I remember during the movie during the scene that you're that you that you're bringing up, which I agree is is a is a good one, and obviously for Angus, it's one where he learns a lot about Paul. He. Because then, I then think Paul will reveal the whole scene. story, right? Yes, Paul right after that will reveal the yeah. whole story in the liquor store. And the, the, the wonderful liquor store attendant calls him killer. Do you know? <laughs> do you know okay, so uh, again, uh, take a drink. But uh, Alexander Payne was at the um, was there at the TIFF screening. And he talked mm. about how, um, so in that scene, so they were looking for the location and they found this location. And the the owner of the store was saying, I have this employee who works here and he loves movies so much. And he'd love to be in a movie. He said, OK, well, he can come and screen test. And I, it seems silly that it's for one line in the movie. Right. Um, but he was like, oh, he's like, oh, but he has COVID. And he said, OK, well, you know what? Let's just do well, we'll take a chance. And so he he does it. He hires this. So the person working at the liquor store is the actual worker who works at the liquor store, um, who's, an, who's a giant film buff. And so right. one of my favorite moments from the whole festival is, uh, so he, uh, Alexander Payne says like, okay, and he's going to deliver the line. Here you go, killer. And so when that moment happens, the loudest applause I think I've heard uh, was that the whole time was like wow. the scene of it's just a, it's like a scene between the two of them. It's like, here you go, killer. And the audience just like, when? Yeah. Well, so he's on a net. He's, he's literally the liquor store attendant from that. From yeah. That yeah, liquor yeah. Store in Boston. So yeah, just and a very people fun. Loved it. Just a very um, fun moment. But now. Yeah. But earlier anyway. in the movie, I feel like Paul mentioned that he was an only child and then Angus jumps in into this conversation and it's like, oh, he's my uncle. And I guess there's a way. No, there isn't. Because yeah, 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 if he doesn't yeah. have siblings, he can't have like in-laws, right? It doesn't have to be right. like necessarily his blood nephew. But I feel like the the other guy knows what's going on and doesn't, you know, thankfully at least doesn't reveal. It's such a like, bad lie. It's such a bad it's lie, so but like it—it's yeah. so—it is better. I think you recognize immediately in the moment that even though it's a bad lie, it's still a better lie than whatever Paul would have come up with by himself. Like even the way he's like, "Oh, you know, I have all these fellowships. I'm all over the world. You know, I, I invented fellowships." Like basically, it's like yeah, some yeah, like yeah. SNL skit where he's just kind of like spewing information. And you're like, "Paul, yeah. stop talking. Stop talking. Yeah. Just stick yeah. with one thing." Um, but. Yeah, the way I mean, he called the the attendant calls him a killer because then he was 
accused of like running him over which but, now i'm trying right. to remember did he do that on purpose it seems like he did yeah I, yeah but... i think it's like uh not not i think it's supposed to like yeah i think you're supposed to believe it's that. supposed to be There's vague a at good best. chance that he might have yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a good chance that he was drinking yeah. look down yeah. looking down and drinking while he was supposed to be driving yeah um but yeah it's uh you know paul and angus and you know i think the more the 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 obvious metaphor would be like angus lost his father and then he gains like a father figure here and the way that paul again stands up for him and lies for him at the end and giving him a chance like he's giving angus the chance that he wasn't going to have otherwise certainly not with his mom and and stepdad um so it's just you know just another layer of their of their wonderful relationship tapestry yeah i mean the story very simply is like these three people who like whether whether or not they know that they 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 i guess they don't know that they're going to get it from each other but they're all looking mm -hmm. for some sense of belonging and they might have all they might have thought like that was an impossibility like i think mm -hmm. certainly i think angus probably i think is the is sort of least in that category but i think mary having lose, lost her son is you know fairly i think probably like this sucks uh paul i think doesn't really know what you know his future could hold and so the idea that they are the holdovers who get left over and through sort of the kindness and love that they show for one another mm -hmm. gives them all this like way to move forward like i don't know how you're not sort of like moved by that um yeah. I meant to do this earlier, Ariel, in the in the preview. I do just want to flag because I think it's going to become a topic of conversation as this movie potentially gets nominated for for some Oscars, and particularly mm -hmm. Alexander Payne. He has been accused of um, uh, sexual assault allegations uh, from when he was, I think, in his late 20s. Um, it's Rose McGowan, who um, uh, was 15 at the time. Also, I think as part of um, when she was speaking out about Harvey Weinstein, which, you know, he mm -hmm. has been found guilty uh, of um, of those uh, that assault. Um, she also spoke out about um, that, that Alexander Payne. Um, had assaulted her so obviously allegations nothing has been uh filed or claimed or it's it's all alleged but um i just want to mm -hmm. point that out because i i do i do think that like it's really tough because it's a movie i i really really love and i think i think is absolutely going to get like some buzz but i feel like it would be right. a tremendous misstep for us not to mention this on the on the podcast um right because i don't want to gloss over the fact that like there is an allegation uh yeah. um out there and yeah so i just want to yeah flag it's a that. real life it's a real yeah. life thing in these uh in these complicated times um i think that uh yeah i think it's 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 a worth it's a worthwhile mention yeah, I want yeah. to talk about Carrie Preston, who is an actress that I love. She plays Miss Lydia Crane, Miss Lydia uh, Crane. Paul's maybe love interest. We think certainly at the beginning of the movie, I, because yeah. the yeah. the way it, the way we see it progress as a viewer in chronological order is like she at the beginning of the movie brings him cookies that she made, like these Christmas cookies. Yes. And there does seem to be a very genuine warmth coming from her. I think it's debatable now for us, um, like whether or not she is intending to come across as a uh, as like as romantically interested in him. You know, we fast forward to the the eventual Christmas Eve party where she invites, you know, Paul and Mary and Angus to her house because they have nowhere else better to go. But obviously 
you know, also she genuinely is, is, uh, would want them there. And we find out that she has either a husband or a boyfriend. And I think it's so fascinating because it isn't a question at all for me of like, is she leading Paul on? It's more a question of like Carrie Preston's performance in how the Paul character might be perceiving her intentions, right? Because there's entirely a world where like, she is not at all, and she and it doesn't ever seem to to bear out that she is actually romantically interested in Paul. But she's very kind to him. She shows him, uh, you know, a certain kind of attention that he doesn't get from anyone. Certainly, it doesn't seem like from anyone else on the on the faculty. You know, besides besides Mary. So the idea to me is is interesting. Of like, that's just how Paul was perceiving it, which is a very realistic human thing that people do of like, you know, perceiving someone's intentions as, as more or as more complicated than they actually are. And um, in the end, she's, she isn't really. And I, I thought that was such an interesting twist, because we experience the, the heartbreak with Paul when he when he sees her, you know, kissing her, her boyfriend slash husband. Yeah, I mean, I, there's a, I think there's a lot of reasons why that, like, we, we want to get to the Christmas party in terms of like a plot point in the movie, which is that mm -hmm. that's where he'll steal the snow globe. It's right. also yeah. where Paul sort of needs a moment where he's so down and out to, not down and out to a degree, but he's sort of dejected so that he lashes out at Angus and then Mary mm -hmm. corrects that, right? So that it's, mm -hmm. it's as they're leaving. Uh, the party where that moment happens was like, are you like where he says, like, you think I want to spend Christmas holidays with you? And she's like, what are you doing? He's a boy like who's like mm -hmm. father is like dead or not around or whatever. Like you would, you're an idiot. So yeah. we kind of, and, Ma and Mary and Angus have that in common seemingly in that moment that she understands of like, they just lost, they both have right. recently lost, you know, someone right. very important in their life. Right. So we kind of need the Christmas party to to get there. And I, I do think it is like, yeah, I, I you know, one of the things I do appreciate about uh, about the movie is I do, I do think kind of this is a situation that is like awkward, but nobody really, I think, played it wrong. I think I, I think mm -hmm. that it's certainly fair to assume that, like, especially in the 70s, that like that Paul might read more into uh, Lydia's you know, intentions here than, than right. he, he thought. And then basically as soon as he realizes he's wrong, he's like, okay, that sucks. Like, but I'm, you know, you know, I'm just going to go home. Yeah. Like, but like, but that's it. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's kind it's, of, he doesn't, as far as it goes, he doesn't confront Lydia. He doesn't, he doesn't like, he's not mad at her. He's kind of just like, uh, yeah, that's, a, and it's more, I think a theme about these people about the people in the world who, you know, and it's a little bit, I guess, unfortunate in the sense that like Paul does have these people who like, he at least he has somebody who is like, yeah, she's like giving him a, a Christmas cookies. It's so sweet. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, anyway, I, I think maybe it's like, honestly, that piece is like maybe for me, the weakest part of the, the, the movie. Not that I think it's like bad. I just think like the movie over like yeah where we get to in the ending and the way we get there is so good this part mm -hmm. is maybe i it, this feels and not that it's bad again i just feel like it feels like we need some plot mechanics to do two things which is to get a snow globe in the hands of angus and to get yeah. paul to like sort of like lash out at angus so yeah no i can see that because i think if you take out if you take out that part of their, you know, of this imagined uh, will they want their relationship as far as Paul, then like maybe it's harder to 
to have that party feel as organic or like the interest in going feel as organic. I don't, I, I don't think you're necessarily wrong there with your, with your read of the situation. Yeah. Not that it's not, I, I think it like all it's, you know, sometimes stuff can just literally serve like the, the plot of the movie. So that's, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. as a shit, you know, it's fine. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out to some of these side of characters that we yes. get, you know, the, the, the holdovers who we think, or at least I assumed were going to be more around for the movie. Um, we get uh, all good actors, especially we get like a sweet scene between Angus and uh, Yi Jun Park played by Jim Kaplan. He's like a, a Korean student who's, you know, really far away from home and, uh is he's having he had a nightmare then he wet the bed and right. you know you imagine that that's a really really horrible thing to have to go through with kids this age especially when you're dealing with kids like teddy uh who's the who's like the main bully kid who angus has a lot of friction with and um it's it's really sweet the scene we get between angus and and him and he's like okay i'll help you you know change the sheets in the morning but if they hear you crying they're never gonna you're never gonna hear the end of it um and uh what's his name i think it's j i think it's michael provost who plays jason smith who's like the rich oh, kid whose dad yeah. comes and yeah. like rescues them in the in the helicopter yeah. whose dad has a great beard by the way i was like that's a, well, i don't recall yeah. awesome beard uh-huh. um but yeah these side characters and then i'll also i'll shout out uh alex the the mormon kid who gets his gloves thrown in the thrown in the oh, river yeah. by by teddy teddy sucks and he gets he gets his very well-deserved like windburn slash sunburn that he has at the end like this is bad you his glasses yeah you're a, you ski you ski or snowboard right it's like you yes the, no the i reflection know reflection on the snow is like can be really bad you actually like do have to protect yourself yeah yes yes i do know um yeah. that look that look bad and he looked like he doesn't use any skin products so shame yeah. on him yeah bad is yeah no i do i do like the the little crew of the holdovers that are there, uh, the dynamics between them, Teddy, yeah, Teddy sucks. Uh, Jason is like, you think he's the quarterback, I think. So you kind of like expect him to be a jerk. And he actually like, this pretty nice. He arranges the, the ski trip, obviously calls his dad. Um, yeah. He's just yeah. a cool dude. Who's going, he has his own private war with his dad about his hair length. And he's like, right. oh, I'm not going to cut it. And then when he sees the helicopter, he's like, yes, my father caved. That's like, right. That's right. It's very good. It yeah. was, uh, it was sweet. We also get Tate Donovan who, you know, used to be a a big deal kind of as the is yeah. the short scene as the the really not great stepfather to Angus, who seemingly in this moment could kind of turn Angus's life around for the much worse in this moment, were it not for for you know Paul's final sacrifice. Tate Donovan sucks, or not? Sorry, not the real life actor. I don't know, but the, his character sucks in this movie. You- Stanley. I think you mean this is a this is one uh, uh, J- Jimmy Cooper from the OC. Yes, similarly, yeah. like oh, he kind of sucks. I guess let's some, let's just write him off the show because we don't yeah. have anything to do with him. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, anyway, I I like this movie a lot. I I think that it's so sweet. It's so endearing. It's really mm-hmm. hard, I think, not to get swept up in it. Even, you know, I do think the movie is like. I think the I think the feedback I've seen from people who didn't like it is that's trying really hard to be what it is. But I like it, it is trying to be this like 70s character drama, very wholesome, I think. But I mean, I say that it's wholesome, but then like we see his dad in a 
you know, sanatorium and his mom, like, you know, doesn't really care for him. Like there is a way with like these dark themes, um, play through, but, um, I, you know, I do think like, I think that that's the, 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 the response, um, that it feels like an old school sort of movie. I don't yeah. know for as much as I think like that can be true. I'm almost like, I'm just like through the, like, I don't know. I, I really just think this is really sweet and endearing and the themes of, being kind and and like a sense having nowhere like to, to belong and then finding mm. people who you belong with i think is like it's hard not for me to get like swept up in it you know i don't know no absolutely i agree i think when the when you set out to make a movie like this or i guess just a movie in general but like you wanted to check all these boxes as far as you know the the different emotional notes and kind of this movie obviously stands on the shoulders of a lot of other movies that came before it when it's executed at this high of a level i i don't care like i don't i don't i don't need it to be completely original i think it's certainly an original story but obviously beats from it we've kind of seen in various forms across the board but again the execution is everything the actors are everything and they're they're making it stand on its own and like this it feels like a it feels like a warm hug and i don't think that's i don't think that's easy to do to have all this there's so much exposition that has to be delivered about characters histories and it never feels you know overbearing or obvious or like they're hitting you over the head these feel like real people and that's that's what movies are about that's that's the movie business baby i do love that it did create like a pretty like uh you know internet spin about Paul Giamatti's eyes and mm -hmm. that people were like, has he actually always been like that? And I didn't notice. <laughs> Just, I messaged no. you. I was like, okay, immediately Googling <laughs> because I was like, oh my God, have I not noticed this? Is this something that like, you know, in his older age has happened that I wasn't, that I wasn't aware of. I, I think but, he uh, does have a slight, like it's very slight that he mm -hmm, has a mm -hmm. little bit of this, like uh, a cross side, like like his eyes are not quite aligned, but I but it obviously mm -hmm. is played for like huge with with contact lenses. It played for like huge dramatic effect. Uh, yeah, I uh, love I movie. love the yeah. the idea of Paul Giamatti on the on the press tour being like, well, I won't reveal how they did it. Like it's yeah, movie it's magic. So but it's like, okay, it's like there's only like three different ways they can do it. I don't know as far as yeah. my yeah. layman well, brain is fully replace his eye. I think <laughs> I thought I was like, oh my god, has he had a glass eye this entire time? I saw, I saw people were talking of like, well, it's uh, it's obviously CGI. I was like, there's absolutely no way this like little independent movie. He got wore like a he wore a big green screen like patch <laughs> over his eye the entire time. Absolutely no to, way. Like, put in the eye. <laughs> uh, that's just yeah. that's just movies. It's like now it's the movies their, it's their uh, tip of the hat to Marvel. That's right. Um, all right. Well, that's the holdovers. I'm just trying to see. I believe next week. One movie on the agenda. We got we cleared the week because there's only one thing we're talking about next week, Ariel. It's a it's a renaissance of That's movies right. in general, as far as I'm concerned. It's That's right. Renaissance colon something, but it's the Beyonce. I believe it's Renaissance colon a film by Beyonce. Yes, there you go. See, I wasn't I wasn't that far off. Um, yeah, yeah we'll I'm excited. Into our cozy opulence. Actually... Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Cozy opulence. Uh -huh. I hope to 
live up to the cozy opulence of of the film when i go see it later this week i you know i was lucky enough to get to go see the show in real life uh the concert so i'm excited to now get this this companion piece i think you know beyonce based on her history it seems like they'll be unlike the taylor swift movie no shade unlike the taylor swift movie uh, this movie will have pro- perhaps some supplemental things that are outside of uh, just the concert. So we'll see. I, I'm excited to find out either way. I believe as opposed to Taylor Swift, who was kind of trying to recreate the, the idea that like if you can't yeah, afford the concert go, experience. Yeah, you would go to the movie theater. I believe this one is sort of like documenting the entire world tour. So like mm-hmm. moments where like people came up and sang on stage with her at different events, like that sort of stuff. And we're going to get a lot. Mm-hmm. And then she pushed them off because she was like, yeah. no, it's my show. Yeah. It's my Renaissance. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, very, I'm very excited. I, yeah, I'm, I'm woefully embarrassed by how little Beyonce, like I know, I know, you know, if I heard of Beyonce, I'd be like, oh, that's Beyonce, but I don't really know anything about Beyonce. So I might be this. Hey, yeah. You're like that meme. You're like that meme with the guy with the butterfly, the anime meme. And yeah. Like, is this Beyonce? <laughs> and it's one of the other Destiny's <laughs> Destiny's children. <laughs> See, I'm already embarrassing myself. So uh, I believe you get to host next week. I feel like that's probably I probably would would defer to you if I wasn't anyway. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And if yeah. neither of us had seen, I don't know what we were gonna do. Yeah. But yeah, no. I'm, All right. I'm I'm happy to host our Renaissance as we go that's into right. the the final final month of the year grace wild there's a lot coming out in december so but uh for now it's just beyonce's world uh <laughs> ariel what else you got going on uh let's see besides beyonce doing some six feet under coverage here post show recaps with dr amanda that's been super fun revisiting the first season of a show i love dearly and um you know we're doing two episodes a week the entire first season and then beyond that remains to be seen um and then also in a few weeks i'll have my new episode of gray's anatomy coverage with Chappelle that we do every month and then beyond that who knows the world is our oyster i am on twitter at that other ariel uh, I'm covering Fargo, The Crown, The Curse, Yellowstone, and then full spoiler recaps where Jess and I <laughs> chat through a different uh, season of a TV show every week. So yeah, all of that here on post show recaps on social media at Hi from Grace. We'll be back next week to talk about Renaissance, a film by Beyonce. Until then, I'm Grace. That's Ariel, and we are virtually.